Hello, and welcome back to the Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host and dungeon master for another thrilling Dungeons and Dragons adventure. Joining me today, we have Daniel playing Shed Fleek, Kale playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. I'm Waffle, and I play Tarajux. Uh We have a fan letter. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. Like a letter that it was actually mailed to you? No. Do you think I, I mean... would give our internet <laughs> audience my home address? Well, it would be like a P.O. box. Do you think we could actually pay for a P.O. box with our Patreon still not running? They better do it quick before the postal it's... service collapses completely. Oh, so let's like, let's yeah, not go expensive. there. That's sad enough. Yeah, I, I've had a rough day. Let's not get it. It already has, off. right? I People mean, listen to this podcast over. to get away from the travails of everyday life. <laughs> anyway, All right. letter reads as follows. Greetings, after school magical science team, which approved. Close enough. Uh, I was wondering what everyone's favorite out of combat natural 20 slash natural one situation is in this campaign or in a past campaign. Mine from an old campaign is convincing a dwarven dinner party my human monk was a beardless dwarf, followed up immediately by forgetting to Arcana the soup. Oh my god. <laughs> the great content, Patreon Platinum member Kenny. Well, I think my best critical success ended up in me getting trampled to death. Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like that was the one time the the success was a was a negative <laughs> yep. problem. Good times. I, that that's really difficult because Kenny stole mine. It was a very good one. Yes, that was a very good one. Um, I'm, I'm going back through trying to remember. Oh, mine. oh, I've got one. Okay, this is my second favorite because Kenny already spoke of my first favorite uh, critical success. The other critical success was in an entirely different rule setting for uh, the Firefly universe. <laughs> and it was a critical hit for an unarmed character who is currently eating an ice cream cone. <laughs> and he murdered someone with the ice cream cone. <laughs> oh, is that Cushing? Did that? Yeah, that was Matt. That okay. was Matt Cushing. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was, that was hilarious. I couldn't deny it because it's like he rolled the damage. It was all like picture perfect. It was ah, that that was a good one. That was a good one. I think um, it 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 didn't result in anything uh, anything you would call productive uh, or helpful <laughs> or <laughs> uh -huh. really anything positive. I was just personally uh, just motivated. Just just. Uh, and obsessed with convincing this this rando in a town uh, from one of your... You, I think your most recent campaign I was in, Joe, before this one, that is based in the same world, um, where we went to... Uh, crud. Forget what it was called in that world, but it's it was the town with the festival and jumping off the edge... Uh huh. That was uh, also Arclay. named the, Arclay. The not Arclay place. No, it yeah. was it was yeah. named Arclay. Just it was still Arclay. Okay. Parallel universe Arclay. Oh, well, okay. I there there was somebody who was who was a skeptic, and I I, I became obsessed with convincing that I had legitimately seen fairies, um, and 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 rolled rolled a bit. 
decided to 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 shove it in. Yeah, neener neener neener. I don't care what you think or what you heard. <laughs> I fucking saw fairies, motherfucker. They're real. <laughs> so. Yep. Can't remember any really. I mean, uh, obviously. He's cutting out a little there. I think we've lost him entirely. Yeah. I'm. It's it's every now and then it'll cut out for a little bit. As for like critical failures, it's. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I All think right. that about sums it up. <laughs> yeah, crit fails are hard because it's like, unless they really fuck something up, you don't remember them as clearly as the twenties. Mm -hmm. It's like swords break. You hit your other like your party members. That... Yeah, yeah. It's. it's I remember getting impaled by Saskia early on. Oh, was that a was that a nat one? Yeah, yeah, on a con save, yeah. for sure. Ah, yeah, yeah that'll do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, oh. Nat one con save. Uh, it was in a really old campaign that I don't think any of you were at all involved with. Um, and I was DMing. They were on a basically a Minecraft minecart track, right? So it was a roller coaster. And one of them had just been poisoned prior to getting on this. So I made him still continue his con saves, but with disadvantage. So he failed it and then just lost his lunch all over the important NPC that was sitting right next oh, to him no. that he was trying to impress so hard. It was perfect. I think um, my the, the best Nat 20 story that I've seen was in the first campaign I ever DM'd, which was quite some time ago so long ago in fact that it was in 40 um and in this particular instance there was a elven city uh on the edge of a sinkhole and we had a dwarf in our party who was not thrilled with elves for various reasons and what this amounted to was basically him throwing a d20 and saying i burn it because he didn't want this city to be a city anymore and he crit three times in a row that's uh that's insta kill rules so yeah he he was able to burn down part of the city bluff the city guards that were watching him do it and then on the spot draft a replacement building for this airship dock <laughs> that obliterated all like 20 20 20 just back to back wow. it was the most amazing thing that's a work of art right there. Yeah. That, that's not coincidence. That's a work of art. I had no choice but to level him up to level 11 on the spot. <laughs> As you do. That's how you hit Paragon. <laughs> For the record, if you guys throw three natural 20s in a row, you don't get a level up. <laughs> Stop setting a bad no, example, I think, Waffle. <laughs> I think it was uh, experience, right? He'd killed so many people. Is that it? Oh, yeah. What's, did, what's the experience I mean, value other of an average commoner? He, there was also a time where he sold a pile of coal that was currently on fire to somebody. Wow. Yeah, he was, he was a great bard. Yeah, that's impressive. So that, that is the, the sole argument for bards being useful. Yeah. No, he's, he had the heart of a true salesman. All right. Uh, so... That's uh hope that answers your your question, Platinum Patreon member Kenny. As a disclaimer, we still don't actually have a Patreon. 
Um, Your Patreon perks are in the mail. Expect them soon. Or maybe <laughs> never. <laughs> Who knows? Certainly not me. Uh, right. So uh, we will we'll now move on to your regularly scheduled programming. Uh, who wants to do the uh, last episode recap? Well, we we're in it deep with the Fey now, so yeah, <laughs> you're in it deep yeah. with the Fey again. I mean, were we were ever we really ever not? not? Yeah. yeah. No, I th- I think I don't think we ever stood a chance. No. Maybe one day we will, but today is not that day. Yeah, we'll, we'll just kick that stone down the road. No, I mean, we, we never stood a chance at staying away from them. They're They're like, it's it's like we've got fey magnets in our butts. Yeah, they, got their, they got their hooks in us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we've got fey magnets in our butts. Seriously, we're all like... Descended... Fey artifact into our tree. Oh, well, well, even hang on, before hang on, that, even before yeah. that, like we had fey Why visiting did... us. Exactly. Lady Blossom sought us out, and from that moment, we were picked. We, we yeah. picked the side. Yeah. So. It's a curse. Oh, well. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we met a Baron of Thunder's Fall something. Or, I don't know. Uh, doesn't <laughs> matter. Court of Autumn. Lord of Autumn? Court, yeah. Steward sure. of the Autumn Breeze. That one. So, yeah, we, we talked to Mr. Breeze. We unconvincingly told him we didn't know where the Urkel Circle was or had been. That's, or in fairness be. to you guys, some of you were very convincing. <laughs> Others not so One much. One of us was not. Damn it, Shed, you should have just pretended you fairness, didn't understand common. <laughs> in fairness, uh, we didn't need to reach that point if we just been blunt from the get-go. And I, he go still would have asked each Go to this us. little powwow uh, and... He still would have been like, "Ooh, okay." I like the I could have been like, "I can neither confirm so. nor the, deny the existence." Or he, he would have been like, "Oh, yeah. okay, I believe." No, he, he caught a he and caught you, a whiff, Mr. Bird. He caught a whiff. That that guy was a dog with a bone. As soon as you started talking, he was a dog with a bone before I started talking. Yeah, no. like yeah. no, okay, no, he really was. We we show up at the horn of the hatchling in a tree ship that cannot be scried by any means. And he shows up on our doorstep asking about the Urkel Circle. Dude already knew we had it. He was just fishing for answers. Yeah. Like, there's no way he didn't know. Yeah. Well, then, there's, way... then, then there was no reason for him to come. Exactly. That's why I'm so mad. Hmm. He just wasted everybody's know. time flexing on us. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who can say like, what mysterious games are played in the Feywild? When I hit level 20, I'm going to give that guy a wedgie. <laughs> I'm gonna, New life look, goal right there. I know his name. I'm going to cast Gate and reach through and just wedgie him. What else happened last time? Lori's Den of Misfortune, which is way better. Lori's Don't... Lounge of Misfortune. Uh, now that I'm inside, it's more like a den. No, it's, it's extremely classy in there. Yeah, yeah. but it's got that... Den ambiance. It definitely it's does not. It's extremely classy in that, like, actually a mob boss kind of. I'm, way, I'm like looking know? at it like, mm, this isn't much of a lounge. This is more of a den. I've been in dens. I've been in lounges. This this is a den made to look like a lounge. Okay, but you're missing the most important part. We all got new suits because yes. Maravaggio was like, 
Yo, you gotta oh, look better. Oh yes, we look great. You guys and I showed still up have looking my cape. like uh, a bunch of hobos that live in a tree. Look, aside from my dad jeans. Wait, are we, hang on. Are we hobos or are we tree homos? Are we dancers? Yeah, we're. Uh, we're pretty rich oh. hobos right now. We're, rich ho- we're like living the RV lifestyle. <laughs> Strictly speaking, it is a mobile it's home. It's a, it's a very, it's more like a private jet. Anyway. Yeah, but it's a private jet that you can like, it's got a full kitchen. Here's the real question. When's the last yeah. time any of you did laundry? I have oh, prestidigitation. Yeah. Do you... Okay, does Terrajux prestidigitate everyone else's clothes clean? Yes, Ooh. but I make them Clothes are more or less uh, formality. It's like, for if I see a stat, if I, like, if they put their laundry into my laundry hamper, yes, it will get prestidigitated. But then you run the risk of Terrajux Heiko deciding that one of your shirts is cool and then adding it to his collection. Anyway. And, and it's like sometimes it's a fall rock shirt, and I'm like, well, this I won't fit into this. Or it's a desert you, shirt. You wear and it? No, 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 no. Fall rock definitely does his own laundry. He definitely does his own laundry. <laughs> but, like, I, I've probably stolen, like, a shirt from Leyland. Fall rock shirts on a human would be, like, a crop top that is three sizes too wide. <laughs> oh, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> now that's just fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, you were given new clothes because the clothes you were wearing were not high class enough to Obviously. to get by in Lori's Lounge of Misfortune. The lounge, yeah. yeah. Not great lounge wear. Good den wear. <laughs> so, Anyways. Uh, you are escorted into the lounge by Maravaggio. Uh, you are greeted by the very picture of a super high-end casino. Uh, to put yourselves in the mind space, dear audience, I recommend listening to uh, The Whims of Fate from the Persona 5 soundtrack, which I will not play here because I don't want the Atlas Corporation to sue us. Um, there are high-stakes card and dice games uh, scattered around. There are three stories um, with, you know, each one is progressively smaller and overlooking the rest of the lounge uh, as I've previously mentioned, like the entire north half is built out over Lake Lori, or Lori's Lake. I don't remember which one I decided on. I think it was, it was Lori's, Lori's Lake. Lake. Um, uh, and is mostly made of glass. So you just have this like pristine view of the forest around the lake. Very uh, picturesque. High-class carpets, crystal chandeliers. Skeletons wearing tuxedos moving about with trays of canapes and drinks and uh, bottles of champagne. All of the, uh, like, dealers and table managers and that sort of thing, also skeletons. It looks like almost the entire staff is some sort of necromantic construct. Chad's Chad's walking around listening to this this funky tune. Um... (laughs) Almost strutting, like like half strutting. Um, yeah. So I'm scoping out what kind of clientele are we talking here? Uh, there are people here from every imaginable race. The 
unifying factor is that they all look extremely wealthy. Hmm. Of course. Seems like a definitely a spot for uh, cultists, but that's just my thought. <laughs> I, I have there been any places that you haven't thought are places for cultists? Um, no, no, and we're pa- we're paranoid. Hopsinopolis and, and rightly uh, so. No, Hopsinopolis. Uh, we were pretty sure still had cult presence. The air, their Cochrane city. I was not worried about. Okay, yeah, Cloudtop, definitely safe, but yeah. everywhere else. <laughs> right now, Joe is scrolling down notes to make yeah. an uh-huh. Eric Cochran cultist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, like, but it's like they live 10 years, so like the cult just has to constantly recruit new Eric Cochran. <laughs> they're just, like, they're just yeah. gone like that. It's not worth it. Hey, <laughs> our, our lifespan's like 30, dude. <laughs> Three, three times that. Uh, right. Anyway, so that, to think about that compared to my current age, it's really sad. <laughs> right? Thank you. Oh, no. Thank Except you for that. I would have been an adult at three, so you know, even worse. Um, <laughs> there, there is a high-class dining area off to one side of the first floor. Uh, it looks like the third floor is reserved for the sort of high rollers, tables, and VIP lounge sort of thing. Uh, Maravaggio gives you a couple of minutes to take in the splendor and listen to the funky, like, acid jazz tunes that are being played <laughs> by a band of skeletons. You're not sure how. Yes! Um, before he's like, impressive, isn't it? Let's, uh, let's head on upstairs to meet the boss. And I slick back my hair again, and I go, sure thing, let's see the boss. And he takes you up a sweeping staircase to the second floor, and then a much smaller uh, staircase blocked off by a velvet rope up Ooh. to the third floor. And uh, and then an even smaller staircase <laughs> to the fourth. <laughs> Which is five square feet and contains Laurie of Laurie's lap. No. Um, he leads you over to a figure who is standing uh, next to the balcony on the third floor, overlooking the rest of the casino. Uh, appears to be a halfling woman who is dressed in exceptionally fine, dark, dark purple clothes. Um, rings on every finger, uh, large diamond necklace. Uh, she's wearing a hat. Who's, which the brim of which is wider than she is tall. Um, and How come she gets to wear more than two rings. Ruby tinted <laughs> glasses on her face. And uh, Maravaggio brings you up to her and says, I, "I brought him, boss. These are the ones from the iconoclasts that everybody thinks are, you know, the bee's knees." <laughs> well, <laughs> we would be if bees had knees. It's true. <laughs> um, and... We're like the hornet's elbows. <laughs> <laughs> Sharp and unpleasant for anyone who encounters us. Very famously, very bony elbows on hornets. Yes, very. It's just all bone. Uh, and she turns around and she is holding a glass of some very dark liquid. 
and says, Well, I do declare it's about time you oh, lot finally God. showed up. Hell yes. <laughs> um, I will give a respectful single finger pistol in a wink. She returns it. <gasps> Magnificent. I just, I'm so used to getting like bewildered <laughs> stares that this is just, huh. She gives you a sweeping bow, uh, which causes the brim of her hat to like bend on the floor <laughs> and straightens back up and says, I am Laura Festralu, the proprietress of this fine establishment. I understand that uh, Maravaggio's associates in the iconoclasts speak very highly of your capabilities. Do they? Well, Maravaggio <laughs> certainly seems to think so. Half of them wanted us dead. The other well, one of them found us amusing. We like. haven't heard a lot from the iconoclasts of late, so it's good to know we left an impression. We've been tended to other matters. The last thing we did for any of them, we bungled up. <laughs> Pretty Leland, now's not the time. <laughs> they are a terribly <laughs> secretive group. Of course, I don't really have any room to judge there since I don't interact with them personally. I send Maravaggio to do it for me. It's all very boring meetings. Uh, there's no, there's no flair to it, really. Uh, a yeah, lot, lot of paperwork. Saving the world, sabotaging cultists. Schemes, very you know. boring. Maravaggio yeah. manifests a pair of glowing eyebrows so that he can raise one of them at you. <laughs> uh, and Laurie says, The iconoclasts are not the topic at hand here. Obviously, this is some other matter that yeah. Indeed. we're interested in. I thought you, I thought you were going to say, We are the topic here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I was going to say it. <laughs> Uh, I have a particular job that I think the five of you are especially well-suited to manage. Perhaps uniquely so. Weird, but okay. It, uh, it has to do with, let's say, the special properties of your blood. Oh, yeah, the spicy uh. lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> but I do so declare... I do so declare. I, I do so dislike talking business out on the show floor. Let's go to my private office. By all means. And she turns and you follow in the wake of her hat. <laughs> through... Is Maravaggio with us? Or... Yeah, Maravaggio is coming okay. with you. He brings up the rear of the, of the little train here. Cool, cool. Uh, and she goes over to a uh, inconspicuous section of paneled wall and puts her hand up to it and it just the it swings in yeah and you step through into a lavishly appointed office with like an enormous uh wooden desk clearly made from rich mahogany um <laughs> there's it's you know strewn about with papers and there's a, a crystal decanter that's full of uh, some fine liquor and um, a little ashtray with a, a cigar resting on it. And next to that is what looks like a candle holder that doesn't have any candles on it. Uh, the rest of the room, hmm. like thick plush carpet, really squashy armchairs facing the desk. Conveniently, there are five of them. 
Laurie walks around behind the desk and says, Imagine if we had, like, picked up a sixth member without her realizing it. She's like, oh, no, fuck. <laughs> she waves her hand at the chairs and says, Please, please, do take a seat. Would you gentlemen mind overmuch if I change out of my work clothes? They are so terribly stuffy. It's your casino, ma'am. Do as you please. Chad turns around. <laughs> uh, uh, I flip my chair around so I can sit on it with my arms resting on the back. Uh, ship counselor style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, um, it's a couch, isn't it? <laughs> Well, no, there are five separate. Yeah, there's five squashy armchairs. <laughs> okay. Flip it around. You're, you're so your legs are, it's squishy armchairs. So your legs are just up underneath your elbows right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, and I, the walls are lined with like books and that sort of thing. She's got a lot of bookshelves and files. Uh, so as you guys are making yourselves comfortable, uh, her entire body shimmers and hmm. vanishes replaced with a skull that is floating at where her head height was. Hell yes! Holy shit! Um, All of the teeth have been replaced with diamonds, and in in the eye sockets are two large red rubies. Oh. All right. And I nod, and I go, okay, great. So that answers my question about where the skeletons come from. Thank you. (laughs) That answered my question about whether or not the benefactor was a lich. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I was like, okay, so she doesn't really look like a necromancer, so who's in sorcery <laughs> all of these? Turns out it's her. And uh, the the candlestick holder on her desk shifts over so that it's in the center, and the skull comes to rest directly on it. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Much We're better. Power Rangers. Does she have, like, a regular chair behind the desk? Yeah. Or is... Okay. Yeah, she does. Uh, she says, I'm so glad that we are able to dispense with formalities like illusions. I find them tiresome when Good I... Good morning, angels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you all mind overmuch if I smoked a little while we discuss this? Once again, it's your casino, yeah. and frankly, I'm fascinated to see how this works. Yeah, you, 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 <laughs> you bring it up for everybody. <laughs> You're certainly welcome to partake if you so desire, but I'm not entirely sure what effects the uh, the smoke might have on mortal creatures. Oh God! Mm-hmm. Desmond's going to go. Um, go it again. I set up so. a gentle standing vortex around. <laughs> Uh, myself and Ched, so uh, we don't get hotboxed if this meeting goes too long. <laughs> uh, the cigar on her desk ignites, releasing a thick purple smoke. and In the shape of a skull and crossbow. <laughs> no. It doesn't, it doesn't, like, disperse, right? It's it, pretty... Yeah. It, the cigar then floats up, and the skull lifts, and the cigar goes, like underneath into the neck hole and the skull sits back down oh jeez and uh, what weird flex but okay periodically <laughs> purple smoke will like leak out of the eye sockets and the from between the teeth god damn how are like they're just so much cooler than us we'll never be yeah. this cool not until you die not not until we become uh, liches yeah guys we got to become liches now what who wants thing. to live forever? Who wants to live forever? Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. I got a, I got a lot of stuff to do. Uh, you know, thirty years ain't a whole lot of time. <laughs> Don't we all have a lot of stuff to do, sweetheart? No. I imagine <laughs> you all are probably quite curious to hear what sort of task a creature such as myself might have for creatures such as you. Yeah, I would sort of assume it's not like somebody owes you money because you could just blow them up with your mind. Uh, debt collection or is not an issue. Yeah, or have Maravaggio oh. punch them into a fine smear on the pavement. She doesn't want us to go into the vault, does she? Does she know about the vault? Ted, <laughs> the vault's I'm a not, myth. I'm not saying it out loud. This is a player. This is a player. This is a player. All right. Go ahead. Go um, ahead, Joe. No, she's not. <laughs> Uh, she says, uh, as you probably understand, quite a lot of money and goods and artifacts pass through, not my hands per se, but through my casino. We have an extensive underground system of vaults that is used to contain both my own wealth and uh, we occasionally function as a sort of limited service bank for some of our wealthier customers. Now, some idiot adventuring party got it into their heads that they could perhaps uh, relieve me of some of these goods that are stored beneath my lounge. Oh, I didn't, didn't definitely didn't think about doing that. <laughs> you told me about it. A rad heist adventure. Mm, Surely not. really dumb. Exactly. How did they do that? <laughs> a rad heist adventure in a lich casino. That would be, I mean, that would be a, an adventure module for 15 to 16 level players. <laughs> <laughs> now, normally... I assume, of course, they were unsuccessful, given your resources. Well, here's the, here's the issue. They were apparently backed by some high wealth or high power uh, investors, and they had access to what I can only describe as a sort of pan-dimensional explosive, which Yikes. they thought to use to bypass the protections on the lower levels of the vault and get into the truly valuable artifacts. What they what did, did not they... realize is that I have, for the last several centuries, been storing in a demiplane an entire hatchling scale in the very oh, recesses no. of my vault. That's that's no good. When they set off their explosive, they damaged the wards across several planes adjacent to this one, and ever since then, the hatchling scale has been leaking uh, influence, let's say, into the into the vaults beneath the casino. Mm. That's mm. really not good. Well, <laughs> how long ago was this pan-dimensional explosion? It's been a few months now. I'm not overly concerned about it reaching the upper floors because I have been researching the hatchling for quite some time and have managed to establish several means of staving off these things. But Staving would... off the influence, sure, but what about the things it's influenced? Whatever I... do you mean? I mean, look, we all know that things get a little screwy when the hatchling is involved with fleshy bits i'm saying did you have Unless any vault us. attendants down there when this thing blew that are who knows what now i did have the vaults are staffed by some of my skeletal staff members so 
it's very likely that while down there you will encounter uh, a number of rogue skeletons, and perhaps they have been altered in some way by the hatchling's influence. So we're not going after the people who broke into the vault. We're... Oh, they're quite dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, because I was like, oh boy, another adventuring party that's probably like competent and organized <laughs> and backed by wealth. Yeah, we're no, when, when they broke through the seals leading into the lower vaults, they triggered the backup security system, which just momentarily transports that particular room to the Shadowfell. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. Did you figure right, out so, uh, so we go down, we find this scale. Uh, I mean, we offer disposal services, but... Oh, no, no, you, you misunderstand. <laughs> I am requesting that you retrieve some items of particular importance that were stored on the lowest levels in planes adjacent to the scale. I wouldn't expect you to be able to destroy the the scale itself is let's say roughly the size of the lake on which this particular facility is situated Whoa. yeah that's a little beyond our uh what color is the scale i want to know this too <laughs> it uh entirely depends on what your fleshy brains are capable of rationalizing as a color uh. So it Black is purple. Or I white. Knew it. It's just all of them. All right. So we'll go down there. We'll retrieve your artifacts. Um, you don't want us to do anything about this hatchling scale dimension? We're not trying to fix a <clears throat> portal generator or anything? Cause... No, no, no. What, what, what could we do? <laughs> we Our best? <laughs> An Look, excellent just, question, I get man. antsy about hatchling leaking into the continent because it's not only is it an issue for, you know, contacting life and then transmuting <clears throat> it into hateful flesh, but I'm honestly more concerned about certain clandestine factions realizing that you have the largest piece of hatchling material that I've ever heard of, probably anyone has, and they're going to mm. come knocking. And yeah, you can deal with them, but I, it's just like if they get involved, this becomes so much messier. Well, I certainly don't expect you to have to deal with uh, the hatchling scale yourselves. I simply wish for you to retrieve three items and return them, and then I can simply sever the extra planar connections to the scale and then reopen them at a safer location. All right. What are the items? You will be tasked with finding a grimoire titled Aegis Against the Realm Beyond, a wand made of iron and glass, and a three-inch sphere of adamantine. Okay. And everything else we find is ours to keep. The <laughs> you, so... please excuse Desmond. He's over eager to discuss compensation. When you when you say that, you briefly and the rest of you will actually see this. You feel like you're having an out of body experience, and the rest of you see a spectral Desmond 
briefly lift a few inches out of his body and oh. then return to it. <laughs> he just gets soul choke slammed. <laughs> I think he did, yeah. And uh, Laurie says, uh, an amusing joke, but you'll understand if I don't take particularly kindly to that sort of humor. I'm I'm used to the out of body experience. You're gonna have to choke me a little harder than that. <laughs> God damn, Aquila's into some weird shit. <laughs> his, safe, his safe word is "keep going." Apparently. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, uh, we would of course request perhaps a day or two to prepare. Um. We don't do a lot of subterranean delving, and I'm going to need to pick up some uh, Dramamine and... <laughs> um, at any rate, yeah, the, we'll do it. No problem. How, how close are these items to where the, the hatchling scales expose? Like, do we need to worry? How careful are we going to have to be down there? I mean, it's like if we fall into it, what's gonna the the hatchling isn't gonna do anything to us. It's the stuff that's been hatchlingified that we need to worry about. Your primary concerns down at the lowest levels will be spatial and temporal warping as a result of proximity to so large a segment of the hatchling. You know, funnily enough, I think we're qualified to handle that these days. Certainly better than anyone else on the continent yes and off debatable uh, so um sounds like we won't really need a map or a blueprint of the ba of the basement vault because we're going to be dealing with these spatial issues I, and hiccups i can provide you with blueprints for the upper levels perhaps but after a certain point you'll be dealing with any manner of strange uh, discontinuities. All right. Well, um, I guess my only remaining questions are, one, is there anywhere nearby we could stock up on magical scrolls, potions, things like that, and ideally a place that is not quite so Aldraxian in regards to my companions. Uh, and second, I I would like to discuss compensation up front before we throw ourselves into an interdimensional meat grinder. The, <laughs> the skull grins at you, as skulls are wont to do. <laughs> skulls are wont to do. Uh, and Laurie says, we are always happy to provide customers at the casino with access to the finest magical items on which they can spend their hard-earned money, or gambling chips if they feel that they've done well at the tables. I turn to Desmond and I just shake my head, because I know. <laughs> know what? Know that we're going to win? <laughs> Since oh, you are stocking up to do a favor for me, I will, of course, give you the VIP discount. Much appreciated. All right, and as to my other inquiry? As for compensation, what did you have in mind? <laughs> well, um, 
a favor. Certainly. <laughs> information. Yes, information. Wait, okay, guys, uh, we do the information thing with everybody, <laughs> and let's, we never learn we anything. Just, she just like, said she re has researched the hatchling. What are we going to ask? Let, let's put her on the hook for a couple magic items to put into the, uh, yeah, that's, the reactor. That's what I'm saying. Like, we... What would we ask about the hatchling that we don't already know? How to forge adamantine. If she knows that, then hell yeah. I, though, again, is that information like useful to us? We'll just go if we can figure out how to manipulate adamantine, that's incredibly useful to us. We don't have any adamantine to play with. Uh, we know where some is, and we know people who have it that we will need to deal with at some you point. Get, you get steel, and you get your adamantine powder, and you mix it in. <laughs> like what? You roll it with a rolling pin, yeah. and you're done. Add the Presto. yeast. Who do we know that has well, adamantine? Uh, we'll get into that Steinar, later. Steinar, Lori. Uh, do you know how to manipulate or forge adamantine, or how to unmake adamantine specifically? Since you have a sphere of it, or is this just a sphere that came into your possession? Uh, you could say that I have some knowledge in the working of adamantine, yes. Although I would very much appreciate it if that information did not leave this room. Certainly. I, I understand. But, but we but we got to take it out of this room to make it. What you do you in your spare time... She doesn't want us telling people that she knows. That's, that's what she just said there. What you do in your spare time is none of my business. I simply don't want to have to deal with an army of dwarves looking to reclaim the secrets of the mountain home. Well, look, okay. we're we're just as much averse to dealing with an army of dwarves as you are. So it would be no ever so issues. tiresome. Very. Uh, yeah. So I think we could be in the market to discuss maybe some adamantine forging and then a magic item or two we have a rather pressing and consistent need for those sorts of magical gradients indeed the tree ship as i understand it is uh fueled by such or teliferous is a hungry beast let me tell you at least it is until the mythol is fully charged again you know a lot more than I expected, huh. but I should have expected that. So that's on me. And this is why we ask people for information. Sweetheart, <laughs> I've been alive. Alive. And a pair of mage hands appears and makes air quotes. <laughs> for a very long time. I guess, yeah, you would know how tree ships work because you were there. Well, uh, I, wasn't I wasn't there during the era of the tree ships, but I make it my business to be well-informed about things that could be useful to me. If you throw in an extra magic item, we'll take you on a ride. <laughs> Sweetheart, I have no need of uh, balloon rides with any matter <laughs> of Ouch. Well, uh... To a blimp than a balloon. We'll go ahead and figure out this uh, <laughs> issue with down in the lower vaults, and then after that, you know, if this goes well, we would love to talk more about future employment. You know what we're capable of. You know what the tree ship's capable of. I'm sure there are other things that trouble you, however minorly, and we're good at fixing minor troubles. So, uh, 
we'll just come back once we've got the three artifacts. And uh, if we don't come back, then we probably died. If that's a suitable arrangement for you, then that's usually kind of the, the stick that we get. No skin off her back if we die. Yeah. So <laughs> she says, yes, I think that will do nicely. When you're finished gearing up, as it were, uh, do speak to Maravaggio so that he can provide you with some equipment that you'll likely need while you're down in the vaults. Understood. Uh, one last question. If we get into, like, a weird pinch and there's a giant monster or something, are these artifacts any good in a fight, or are they <laughs> ceremonial in nature? The wand, perhaps, might be of use to you in a sticky situation, though I'm not certain it would necessarily be a good idea for you to try using it without practicing first. Yeah, I, I don't really believe in practice. I am well aware of this. It's one of your more <laughs> endearing character traits. Oh, thanks. How do you... I like your casino. How do you know so much about us? I, I point at Maravaggio. <laughs> We've met him once. <laughs> yeah, but he was there when we spilled all our dirty laundry to the Iconoclast, and I guarantee you that, like... Our sending messages to Angloria is probably some, you know, other interested parties subscribe to that newsletter. There's I mean, blind she's... carbon copied, you know. Like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> knowledge, is, knowledge is power. She's like a centuries old lich. I'm sure that she's got an information network and has heard yeah. about our exploits. Like I mentioned, and one of the rubies pops out of an eye socket and like circles your head once. I like to keep an eye on things that might be of use to me in the future. <laughs> oh, sweet iron stone. Huh. All right. Uh, thank you for the job, honestly. Uh, it's always nice to be wanted. <laughs> We'll just uh, <laughs> pop down to your shop, grab some stuff, and then go figure out this dimensional maw, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Best of luck. As we're, uh, we leave the room and Chad's like, Terjax, I'm surprised you didn't try to bleed her for more because we're, like, necessary to this. We're not just wanted, we are needed. Chad, she's an 800-year-old super lich, all right? Okay. <laughs> One. Two, she's potentially a steady employer. I only scam people that I'm never going to see again. I didn't say scam. I didn't say scam. But you could... She said, what do you want? And we Up said... the a... price. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys got your way, you were going to ask her for more bedtime stories about the hatchling. So I feel like we are going to get a decent deal out of this. And then, also, we're going to get future deals out of this. If you guys come up with a list of questions about the hatchling again, then maybe I'll consider that as a reward for doing this. But as it stands, I really don't think there's anything we could learn that like I, dramatically changes our situation. I was not in the info group. I was I was in the I'm just surprised you didn't ask for more magical items. That's all. Well, I did ask for magical items. I said more. <laughs> <laughs> we never agreed on a set quantity, so we currently know of oh, someone I who could she be said allied a... to us. I thought you were talking about a couple. Adamantine. 
all yeah, no, no, I, I, I get we're building a relationship here, but right. I just I expected more. I don't know. Well, I, we'll get I just there. like to point out we we currently know someone who is imprisoned in Adamanti. Yeah, and being uh, drained of his license essence. Yeah, maybe maybe don't say that out loud in <laughs> in, in her casino of, in the middle of Lori's casino. Um, but yeah, I I think like worst case scenario we come back and we're like, yo, Lori, that was really hard. We're gonna need a little bit of a hazard pay on bump on this. One. <laughs> okay, that's fine. All right. Uh, okay. As far as supplies go, I don't know much about teleportation but i feel like having a ritual scroll that could like bail us all out back into the prime material would be good mm -hmm. like a plane shift kind of thing or a, a teleport i don't know my point being that like if we get way down in the soup with the planes and we're like hey we need to find our way back currently our only approach for that is just wander around blindly and we did a lot of that in Hopstonopolis, and I was not thrilled by it. So hmm. maybe we should look into if there are, like, dimensional sextants or I, – look, I don't know things. I, I fly the gliders. I shoot the lightning. That's about all I got. <laughs> maybe we need to talk to an expert? I turned to Maravar Maravaggio, and I just asked, is it – how uh, how much of a maze is it down there? Not even bringing the extra planar stuff in. The vaults are laid out pretty straightforwardly. It's a matter of convenience because anybody that tries to get in that isn't supposed to dies more or less instantaneously. Hmm. That said, yeah. the lower the lowest levels were all a series of. Uh, interconnected demi-planes that were attached at one point to the previous and one point to the next. Yeah, it's a linked list. Sort of like a staircase through several extra-dimensional bubbles. That said, I haven't been down there since the explosion, so I don't know exactly how much of a mess those linkages are right now. I'm just thinking we probably need some device to either track our targets or track the exit to get back home so here's what i'm thinking i'm thinking we call back to the ship we see what basil's up to <laughs> we get his input um and then if there are any like scrolls he recommends we buy or we just check the check the catalog here and see if they've got something that might help us traverse sundered space-time a little bit better than typical alchemist club bumbling because <laughs> we we bumble we do. we're good at bumbling but i just feel like in this particular instance there is not a guarantee that as long as we follow the left wall we'll eventually hit our target well we're we're met with some pretty insane reality bending situation sometimes oh yeah and normal minds would be ripped asunder but we're made of tougher stuff i'm just like i don't know that wandering in a circle is going to be the approach Ideal. this time yeah yeah we you know guidance. i think basil and ivy might be the way to go to get some help i don't and it's like not even like if 
maybe Basil doesn't know the answer, but like he knows somebody at the Juxian College who specializes in dimensional stuff, and they would know of an item. Or it's just like I want to loop in the academics on this one because this is a highly technical problem, and we're not the most technically adept people. Well, is there is there like what am I thinking? Though what? Cut out there. I'm cutting out. Uh, is it is a dimensional anchor a thing? Am I just making that up? I mean, this is D and D. We can make up whatever we want. Yeah. Like, okay. It, I don't know if that's like an item or a, a concept that I. It seems like it should be pulled yes. from somewhere else, but there's actually a like spell called dimensional anchor. Okay. Okay. I mean, maybe we can get a scroll of that. Does it do what I think it does and anchor us to this dimension and not get pulled into other ones? It anchors a a target to the current dimension, yes. Okay. Well, we're going to need to move between dimensions, it sounds like. So this is interesting. Oh, oh, I know what we need. Oh, my God. We need Banish. We need to get a bunch of scrolls of Banishment so if things hit the fan, uh, Desmond can just banish each of us back to our home plane one by one, and we'll end up I'm back sure here because we're all from here. Huh? I'm pretty sure I can cast banish. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you take a couple uses of it, and then we get some scrolls just so you don't have to use all your spell slots on it. That's fair. And then that way, if we're ever like way deep down in the soup and we have all three items but no way to get back home, we just banish people one by one, and then we all pop back up to the surface like we're uh, life jackets underwater. <laughs> to use a nautical uh, metaphor that Desmond will understand. <laughs> Do you think Desmond has ever used a life jacket in his life? I mean, does he doesn't need to. <laughs> exactly. He understands what they are. Uh, other spells we're going to need, I'm thinking like protection from evil, like... Not that skeletons are evil, just aberrations. Yeah, you hear Maravaggio rumble behind you. <laughs> Protection from undead and aberrations, to use the politically correct terminology for the spell. <laughs> um, because this grants like blanket protection against aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey fiends, and undead for 10 minutes. That's a good spell. Yeah. We're going to see some aberrations down there. We're going to see some undead. I would like them to all have disadvantage on everything they do to us. You may even see some undead aberrations. Yeah, that's wow. the key thing I'm actually worried about. So maybe <laughs> see some what? Undead aberrations. Uh, hatchling infested skeletons. It's, it's coming. All right, so scrolls of banish and protection from evil and good. Can anyone think of other stuff we're going to need? Hmm... I think that's about it. Augury might be nice. Yeah? You you think Desmond's going to be okay with asking more favors of Aquila? Oh, good point. No, no I will not. <sighs> yeah. Especially um... after his, <laughs> his last fateful encounter. Still very curious about that, but I won't press. Uh, other spell... 
Um, Can we pick up another set of sending stones? Uh, do those work across dimensions? No, they don't. I guess in case we get thrown to... What are the, what are the chances we get thrown into the water plane? Pretty high, I would say. <laughs> we could I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you guys are worried about. We could bring water, water breathing for... I could bring it. For, I think like a uh, water breathing and a protection from fire would also be good potions and or scrolls to have. Just you know, you never know. The situation might arise. Uh, I can I can have absorb elements if that would be useful. That would be useful. Yes. Uh, so there's my there's my shopping list. How much of that can we get at Lori's Lounge of Excellent Misfortune? <clears throat> and then what will it run us with the VIP discount? Uh, yeah, so you go down to the the chip exchange counter. And I, I point at the giant stuffed animal hanging on the wall behind the counter, and I tug on Desmond. I go, I want that one. <laughs> okay, okay, settle down. It's a, it's a giant plush Maravaggio. <laughs> He's the mascot for the lounge. Um, all of all of these things are present. Uh, the potions uh, will go for probably a hundred gold each. Okay. The scrolls grab two a piece. Two fifty. Uh, the sending stones will net cost you a cool one thousand gold. Whoa. Okay. Uh, and all the scrolls are the same cost, yeah? Yes. All right. Uh, so that brings us to a total of 2,400 if we get uh, two of each potion, two of each scroll, and one set of sending stones. Anyone object wholeheartedly to this? No. I don't have, I don't have that money. That's I, I only have 300, so... I have... Ooh. I have 2,300, so I'll bankroll most of this. Uh, I've got 3,600. And Ched will bankroll the rest. Ched just, like, fluffs his feathers out and money falls out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I can... I'll cover 1,500 if Ched gets the rest. Wait, so, what was the total? Uh, 2,500. So just cover the other 1,000 and we're there. Okay. Done. So that takes me down to there. Were, were we still going to talk to Basil and Ivy? Yeah, I still want to cover, just in case they have any like last-minute suggestions, but I wanted to at least like have made an attempt at this before we show up to them, or let, they just tell us, like, get a scroll of Banish, and we're like, why didn't we think of that? Uh, Desmond, we're going to have to probably use your spell slots. Um, as we're, actually, as if we still have Maravaggio on retainer yeah, well, let me make sure i can um i would like to ask him like are we being comped rooms for a night to swap spells and things or do we need to hike back to our tree ship or like camp out on the lake <laughs> i'm sure Lori could probably uh arrange for a couple of rooms for you if you need them they don't I mean, like we, we, we could be to, in a room we, closet. we just the, need a place we have to go back to the tree ship anyways so do we to talk to Basil and Ivy, unless you're yeah. sending. I mean, we have the tree ship sending stone, and they have the other one at the tree ship. We just walkie-talkie them. 
Falrock always has the tree ship stone unless I've I stolen do. it. <laughs> no, it's still right here. Yeah, and then I have Angloria's sending stone because the... someday she'll call me back. The sole reason he wouldn't have the stone is if I stole it, and I know I didn't steal it. Exactly, because it's not here in my pockets, so that means Falrock has it. And we're no longer out over the open sky, which means we have signal. So we yes. can get all the Basil and Ivy technical advice we need from right here. And we do that. Uh, as many words as it takes, as many rounds of sending as required, we explain to them that we're entering into essentially a dimensional fissure of linked demiplanes, and we would like some technical advice on any preparations we could make when we're trying to find items down there of which are a particular sort that we're tasked with finding, uh, and then explain the preparations we've already made, you know, general potions for the various elemental planes, something to deal with monsters, and then the sending stones for inter-party stuff. Any suggestions, Basil and or Ivy, or is there someone you could contact who's a specialist in planar distortion? Uh, it, Ivy is the one that picks up. <clears throat> and she listens uh, closely. It, functionally, this is like a, a phone call. It's a call. phone call. Yeah. yeah. Um, and occasionally you'll hear in the background, Sweetheart, where's my, where's my letterman robe? <laughs> Third, and she'll interrupt. And hold on a second. Third drawer on the left. And uh, in the middle of your explanation, so our, uh, our 10th class reunion is, uh, is coming up. So we're going to be taking a trip to the Hall of Mysteries here pretty soon. Uh, how soon is pretty soon? Oh, uh, we were going to fly out tomorrow. Oh. Oh. Um, did... Okay, you're just going to fly there yourself? Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Um, <laughs> well, if you get back from your reunion and we're not back, we're dead. So. Uh, we kind of assumed. You know the drill by now. I uh, hope you have fun at your reunion. Um... Stay away from any airships. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're uh, uh, we're all you know. We have dual Juxian citizenship, what with having attended the Hall of Mysteries. Of course, the we're certainly not wanted criminals. <laughs> I mean, they they don't reject your citizenship just because you're a criminal. Like, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah. So if you could run that by Basil and then just like you know, give it an hour or two of thought and then we'd really appreciate any suggestions. We're, we're going into this a little more prepared than usual, I feel like, but always <laughs> never hurts to ask someone who knows a thing or two about magic, certainly more so than us. Little more prepared than usual, meaning like at all prepared. We bought items. <laughs> that's like a thousand times more preparation than we usually do. That, for that's these. what I'm saying. We usually go in unprepared completely. So. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, she pauses for a moment. She says, we weren't really hanging out with the whole dimensional studies cohort, but... <laughs> no, yeah, I get it. They're weirdos. I don't know. Weirdos isn't really the right word. Um, they went to a lot of parties. I'm just oh, saying that the last guy we met 
I was about to say, Erky Baffelstone would yeah. be great for this. Yeah, he would. He would have been the perfect guy. If um, only we could have gotten the secret harem ending where we recruited him. <laughs> um, and she, she's like, I know there was one person researching, like, some kind of magic string that you could use as a way of tracking your progress through dimensions, but that was like... 15 well it would have been 15 that was 10 years ago and i you know i didn't really look into it too much i don't know basil probably doesn't know anybody over there either hmm all right well if you think of anything we're probably headed down tomorrow so just give us a ring and i don't know but any uh anything you could think about or any last details any stories you've heard i mean we'll take it all at this point well uh, make sure that you can you can get back. Uh, don't go to any of the inner planes because they're not really well suited for, you know, prime material life. Right. Okay. Maybe don't go to the Shadowfell. <laughs> Do you know if they make compasses for planar travel? Uh, I'm sure somebody over the hall has them somewhere. Like, it's not planar travel isn't a super common thing, but I know a lot of the dimensional studies department does tend to go on trips from time to time. I think we have embassies in Sigil and City of Brass. I don't know. Like I said, not really a part of our circles. All right. Um, well, we can't really go to Jux and... Uh... Yeah, and we don't have the... We can't, like, overnight it freight to deliver it here, so... <laughs> Okay, uh, I guess I'll swing back by the uh, chip exchange and see if they have like a dimensional sextant or something. But I figure that's probably like a specialty item that they don't just have a drawer full of. Yeah. Okay, uh, then unless anyone else has something, I say we just get a good night's sleep. All the spellcasters reconfigure for... Uh, subterranean dimensional combat and then we just delve well, this thing first thing. We could ask for an advance if Lori has something that could help us. I feel like if she did, she would have given it to us. Like, yeah, she wants like she these does, relics. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was about to say. She wants us to succeed. So well, didn't she like... already say she was that they were going to outfit us with something? Yeah, not yeah, just, she's not just sell us, but they were gonna. Yeah, she had okay. something that we were gonna okay. need to go down there. But okay. Maravaggio is gonna give us that in the morning before we go. I think. Well, that might be what we need. So maybe, yeah, maybe it'll. It's like, I oh yeah, just... we have the string right here. Oh, we yeah, got you, each a compass. There's also a time travel setting, and we're like, oh, perfect. We got you. And you just go to the future when you've already done it. <laughs> exactly, and then we just punch ourselves in the face and take the relics and then go back in time. And we're like, boom, we're done. <laughs> and then someday we'll get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. That, that in, interdimensional face punching, like, you know, it's coming. Yeah. And you have to live, like, a perpetual I live in fear, fear of the day that I close my own loop. <laughs> um, yeah. I bed sleeps. Yes. Big Z's got a big day tomorrow so maravaggio takes you to a side door in the casino which opens up into a whole wing of 
hotel rooms, which are super, super high-class, fancy. Ooh. Like, it's it's pretty sweet. I would describe them to you, but I have never been in a hotel as fancy as the ones that these rooms are from. All right, from. let me take a – I'll take a gander. Okay, so the floor is a fish tank. Yes. The The ceiling is a mural painted by blind elves. The bed is made of spider silk exclusively. Is that a, is that a good thing? <laughs> All along one side, it's a big mirror. The shower has five different shower heads, each one in a different shape. One of them's a star. There's your own personal toothbrush. It comes pre-toothpasted each day. Uh, the, the towels all say, hey, good looking, embroidered on them in gold thread. <laughs> this is luxury living right here. <laughs> I'm just I'm... gonna let you keep going. I, I'm... Uh, there's a there's a window that looks out over the view, but it's magically ensorcelled, so the view is of the lake, but from underwater. Whoa! So that's just the fish tank. Yeah, it's just the fish tank again. <laughs> I'm not sure if we're learning a lot about Terrajux or Waffle here. <laughs> um. There's a coffee grinder in each room, except it's actually a Modron that's been modified into a coffee maker, so you can shout at it like it's a Google Home, and it'll just do things or tell you oh things. God. Modron, what time is it? And it it shrieks and babbles, and then it says, 12.15, set me free! <laughs> anyway, you are taken to very high-class <laughs> hotel rooms too so you can split the party however you want uh we split them up but we have a sending stone in each room so i can call fall rock and be like whoa look there's a shark in my floor just walkie talkies yeah <laughs> uh and then uh yeah so uh desmond and i will be sleeping on the bed and then we we do the pull out bed from the couch for ched because Chad doesn't need a bed. We've no. done this. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, he just roosts. Uh, okay, so we set up Chad's um, roosting post. Then... I don't need to be elevated. <laughs> yeah, but we want you to get the best sleep you can get. The floor is fine. Ter we I have like them to bring in a gold like... filigree roost. Yeah, Terajux is setting up, like, he finds a coat stand in a corner and he like bun bunches a bunch of blankets around it and Chen just like puts one yeah. leg up and stands in the corner <laughs> I just I want Chen to be the best bird he can be because we're going to need those animals tomorrow I, I don't want to break it to him tonight so he gets a good night's sleep but in the morning I'm going to pull him aside and be like Chen we're going to have to sacrifice a lot of animals on this expedition yeah uh <laughs> We're not, he's not going to be able to concentrate on more than one spell. So if you want any kind of utility, then we're going to have to forego the animals. The, the animals are utility at this point. Okay. <laughs> we like, whenever we find a mysterious doorway, we send a squirrel through. And if it pops, we're like, okay, positive dimension plane, positive energy. Don't I mean, go he, there. Could, he could also conjure elementals. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll make full use of your conjuration. And that, that's me whispering in your ear to please select those spells. As I'm, like, sleeping. <laughs> it's like Terran Drug's trying to subliminally influence your dreams. 
Uh, and no. then Desmond already knows his role. I trust his spell selection. Uh, maybe maybe don't take sending because it's, we're not gonna. I just assumed Desmond was at the craps table, like he's not yeah. even in the room. Like, <laughs> God damn it! I prepared banishment like I was asked. Thank you. Uh, I, like yeah, I cast sleep on myself, Desmond's but I have to be able to hold the concentration long enough for you to not pop back. <laughs> so hopefully, is I don't that die is that how it? Yeah, yeah. They you, they come back if you don't do the whole spell duration oh. concentrating. This, I figured Desmond would be in the casino you. until like five a.m. So I don't know it depends on how how badly okay, Joe cool. dropped me. All right. Uh, yeah. Then I like that the material component for banishment is an item distasteful to the target. Yeah. So he's got to have something that each of the party members finds distasteful. It's just my uh, um, His holy relic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just anything is distasteful when it's covered in mucus. Okay. Uh, I'll wake up I in the morning. We will I... close with, uh, with the party snuggled down for, for the night since we've been recording for over an hour. Gorsh. Uh, so thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of the Alchemist Club. No dice today, but that's okay. There's plenty coming, I promise. Um, if you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistsclub88 at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, google play and apple podcasts uh give us a listen leave us a review uh say a few nice things tell your friends tell your friends about us so that more people can listen to the alchemist club uh our twitter handle is at alchemist underscore club and our adventurers today were daniel playing shed fleet okay hell playing desmond i'm zach and i play far off i'm matt and i play leolin i'm wafflin i play tarjax thanks for joining us Making a conscious effort not to speak in a southern drawl. It's like stuck in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs>